0: pleased to the text I'm going to show you here in just a second. It's really great. This message is one of my favorites. It's one of those delivering messages. I was um, taken back by a thought the other day. And the thought for me was life-changing. It, it, it did something um, in my head and heart. And it, 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 um, it kind of goes like this. Repeat it with me please. Say freedom, freedom feels funny, feels funny when, you've when you've been bound all of your life. Listen to this. Say bondage, bondage feels, normal feels normal when you've been bound all of your life. If you grew up in the house With roaches, you get used to it. Every now and then, you just go like that. It's true. People just get used to seeing you step and stomp. Because every now and then, they show up, and you wipe it off and keep moving. That's terrible, isn't it? I know. But if you're honest, in your life, There were bondages that that sound disgusting to you now, but they were normal for years. When you're on drugs, you cannot see how ridiculous that is to be bound by some powder. When you are bound with alcoholism, it's hard to imagine how foolish it is to lose your job, your life, risk your ability to drive and all for a drink. There are people that you used to love, and you look back at horror at yourself and say, I don't know what I was thinking. Amen. Come on, give me an amen on no? that. There are things in your life that, that now that you've gotten past them, you realize you're in bondage. And so I, I, I find it interesting that oftentimes God's challenge with us is getting us to see that he has the, the ability to get us to places we never even imagined. You don't have to live with bugs in your house. You don't have to live in financial bondage. You don't have to live depressed. You don't have to live with a self-image that's low. You don't have to live there. And so freedom can come into your life. God can miraculously open a door for you and bring freedom in your life. But let me tell you what will happen. When it comes, it feels odd. Because you'll be the only one in your circle, your family, that doesn't feel that way. It will feel funny. You'll look strange because you've decided to change. You've decided to re-rack your life and go in a different direction. You've decided not to eat anything and everything you see. You've decided to say no. You've decided to pause. Freedom feels funny when you've been bound all of your life. And so expect that. There's a story in the Bible that's interesting, it's in Acts chapter 12, I'm not gonna turn there, it's Acts 12, there's a story about Peter, he was in prison, right, and, and he was bound between two soldiers, And an angel came, shook him free, chains fell off, Peter walked out, and he goes to a home. And when he gets to this home in Acts chapter 12, verse 11 through verse 17, he gets to this home, and, and the, he, he knocks on the door. To let the disciples who are in the room praying for him know, hey, I'm free. Rhoda opens the door, sees Peter, and doesn't believe it, slams the door in his face. And she runs back, and And, and in that moment, it's like, I, I can't believe it. I, I can't believe that what I've asked for and prayed for, that God has actually done it. Let me just tell you, when he does things for you that you've prayed for, it will it will be hard to believe. Sometimes you get a good man, you look at him and say, are you really good? You get you a good woman, you can't believe. You know what I'm saying? Are your children actually do what you say. It confuses you. I tell kids, you want to confuse your parents, clean up your room. (laughs) They'll come to the door, they'll open the door and say, okay. Can't fuss about that. Did you wash your clothes? Done. Homework? Done. Look, they'll go sit in the corner and pray. They'll be confused. It feels good, but it's confusing. Some of you that are retired are going through that. Because you dreamed of this, you prayed for this, you asked for this, but when it finally comes, it's confusing for you. So you mean to tell me I'm going to get up this morning and I don't have to go anywhere? You mean to tell me I can watch the school buses go by and I don't have to get on one? You mean to tell me there are no children ignoring me today? Hallelujah, I'm confused. You're on the cruise boat, mixed up, don't know what to do with yourself. And if you're not careful, you get depressed. If you have been financially broke all your life, when you get money and you go into Walmart and you can buy anything, you get mixed up. Oh, God, I can buy anything in here. I can get anything anywhere. And that's because bondage feels normal when you've been bound all your life. And freedom feels funny. And you have to learn how to manage that. Because God can do something miraculous for you in ways that you never, ever asked him. Now let me take you to a text, the text I want to talk about today. It's part of our series. And in this text, I want you to see in John chapter 9, verse 1, just like I was the kind of person that dreamed things that God did that I never imagined, many of you can relate to that give you the illustration of this before I read the text. I used to be a bus person all of my life, for 15 years of my life, brother. We were bus people, and we, we didn't own a car. I lived in Los, grew up in Los Angeles. I was born here, let's get this right, I was born here, came here for a couple of years in high school. But, but really, all of, my, all of my life, all of my life, outside of those 24 months when I was here for high school, uh, we had that come back home thing, you know, temporarily, but we went right back to L.A., But anyway, bottom line was I was born here, got family here, family all around, all around down the road and all that. But my my basic early life was was in Los Angeles. And so from, from up to 15 years old, we rode the bus. We had bus passes. We used to watch those car people. And the difference between a car person and a bus person is a bus person lives by the bus schedule. Everything you do, you centered around the schedule. So, if you want to be someplace at ten o'clock, you know you got to catch the eight thirty-three, number seven, and you know you got to be there a few minutes early because sometimes he's early, sometimes he's a little late, and you know you got to transfer to the number ten. And you're going to get there at about 9.30, and you got a two-block walk. So everything you do is tied to the what? Schedule. Now, those car people weren't like that. They just go when they want to go. Get up in the morning and go late. They can leave home at 9.30 and get there on time. We couldn't do that because we were bus people. Now, some of you are car people. You've been car people all your life. We used to see you sitting on the bus stop. You just ride by us, looking at us, shaking your little head. Look at the bus people. But, but there's something about the bus that's amazing. You get to know people on the bus. Your friends are on the bus. Everybody on the bus gets to know, hey, Jim, how's it going? God, oh, man, how's it oh, going? This is amazing. How that boy doing? See, on the car, you're by yourself. So we used to admire that. And what's amazing, this, I thought about this. I never thought, I never asked to be a car person. Now, that may sound strange, but once you are a true bus person, you don't talk about a car, because you got to get it serviced, you got to deal with traffic. Who wants to get in that? especially if you live in a big city? Some of you don't know, but in a big, big city, sometimes you don't want to deal with all that traffic. You just get in the bus, lay your head down, wait till your, your stop comes. So I never dreamed, let me say it again, never dreamed, never asked, but at a certain age in my life, I didn't want to drive license. And so I slid over to be a car person. And I understand emotionally how it feels on both sides of that. But what's amazing is in the book of John chapter 9, there's a guy who is blind. And in the story, what's amazing about this guy, he never asked to be healed. To him, being blind was like me being a bus person. Normal. It was normal to me. It would feel funny when I ride in the car with my family members. You might find this fascinating. We never went to the grocery store with the car people. We didn't ask them to take us to the grocery store or to the laundromat. You know about that, right? Laundromat. So we would get our little cart. So you use a pole, Pastor Rick. Say what you want to say. You sound like a car person. But we used to pull that little cart down to the grocery store fill it up, and pull it back home about three, four blocks, maybe five blocks sometimes, six blocks. But it was a good walk. We was in shape. (laughs) But I remember, I remember when we crossed over. In this story, you're going to watch a guy cross over. He is a blind person. Chapter 9 of John, verse 1. As he, Jesus, went along, he saw a man blind from birth, His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man, Jesus says, nor his parents sinned. But this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. As long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. Having said this, this gets amazing. He spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva. That's a lot. Put it on man's eyes. We won't talk about that. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. Now I want you to see this. Put up the pool of Siloam. This is interesting. See, what's interesting is, you know, you get this fancy thing in your mind. Some of you need to go to Israel. You need to go to a place where you can see. It's just a pool. We got the pool. There you go. Bam. That's the pool. And now is that. That's not impressive, but that's the pool of Siloam right outside of Jerusalem, the old wall. Go there and wash. So he goes there, he washes, and he is healed. Now, let me just say this to you for a second. He never asked for this. Nowhere in this story did he ask for this miracle. Nowhere in this story, and here's what I believe God can do. Miraculous things you don't even have the courage to ask for. Come on, say amen if you hear me, church. I, I like the story. The people around him struggle. They struggle once he's healed. They struggle. You can read the rest of the story on your own. They struggle. And he runs into this amazing thing. But I have a question that's interesting. I want you to think about this. How do you get something you never asked for? You know, I mean, note note with me, there are two things that stand out. One is he worked with the gift he had until he got the gift he silently wanted. I really wanted a car, but I didn't ask for it. Some of you want something, but you just don't even ask for it anymore. It's out of your mind. I like the fact that Jesus looked at him And said, hey, um, look at this blind man going to this pool, sitting here, working with what he has. You complain too much about what you have. You have to learn to work with what you have. Those feet are crooked, but at least they walk. You have to work with the head you have, the, the eyes you have, the hair you have or don't have. This is what I have to work with. Can you say that with me, please? Come on, say, this is what I have to work with. Stop comparing yourself with people. You ain't never going to be that size again. Come on, say amen. You hearing me? That's over with. That's it. Second thing he did, he didn't just work with what he had. He took advantage of a miraculous moment. There is a moment that will come. And you have to take advantage of that moment. He didn't wait. I'm, I'm wondering, why are you sitting there and letting that man put that on your face? He sensed something. This is weird. This feels funny. But I sense a miracle coming. This is that guy Jesus, right? This is, this is Jesus who's healed the sick, who's raised the dead. This is that Jesus. And he wants me to sit here I didn't ask for this, but I'm just going to sit here and let him do what he wants to do. And it's amazing how God worked a miracle for him. And I'm going to tell you something. If you just sit still, let him do what he wants to do. Come on if you hear what I'm saying to you. Just sit still and watch God do something you didn't plan for. Now I close with these final thoughts. There are four facts about the blind man I want you to think about. Number one. He did not have the gift of sight. He was really blind from birth. Everybody knew it. Everybody didn't have the same gift. Number two, watch this. He didn't he know his parents had done anything wrong. The disciples asked that question. Christians know everything. We're so spiritual. We know exactly why people are where they are. You don't know. He said, I'm gonna, God's going to take this bad moment in his life and do something miraculous. Number three, watch this. He was Healed with an unorthodox approach. What we are doing now is unorthodox. I'm sorry. It's not normal. I'm sorry. I wish I could go back and be normal, but things have changed. But I believe that if we stay still, God will do something amazing. Come on the church. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Number four, watch this. He was not easily believed. If you look at verse chapter, chapter, uh, chapter 9, verse 8 through 12, people said, is that really him? I don't believe that was him. He wasn't really blind. He was faking all them years. It's amazing how people, when you see something happen in your life, you come by the house, you used to be like them, dropping all your clothes all over the floor, you used to be broke, you used to act like they acted, you used to cuss like they cussed, and you go in there and now you don't cuss like they cussed, you know how act like they act, and they said, what happened to you? cuz freedom feels funny. When you've been bound all your life. Come on say amen if you hear me. You feel funny cuz you've changed. There are assumptions that were made in the story that are fascinating to me too. Number 1, the assumption that everyone has the same gifts. Everybody can see no. Everybody don't have the same gifts. The assumption that there was some serious sin in his life. That was wrong. The assumption that God healing methods are always predictable. The assumption that getting people to believe you is easy. They didn't believe he was sick. How could you question a man you saw all your life? But let me tell you something. All those assumptions are just that. But what I want you to see is the miracle. What in the world can you do right now that would allow God to take your life What is your life dream that you have never said out loud? What is it that you are hoping God can do for your family that seems impossible? I don't know what that is, but he's a miracle-working God, and he can do it. Would you stand with me, please? Come on, stand with me. Is that all you're going to say? For now, yeah. Because here's what I'm going to say you next time. The miracle working power of God can resurrect your life. He can take your life and he can turn it around for you. Me standing here a past bus person who never dreamed to have a car. Who never thought I would talk to thousands of people. Who never thought I'd be a pastor of any church. Who didn't go to church for the first several 15 years of his life. Probably ever? Who used to walk by the church. And as kids we'd cuss. Up until we saw the cross on the church. And when we walked, we saw the cross. We said stop cussing. And in time we got on the other side of the cross, we cuss again. I was the kid who on Sunday morning had Michael Jackson playing with a boombox going to the gym to play basketball. I never asked to be here. But he knew. If I touch him, if I poke him right there, if I just push him a little bit. If I get my word around him, if I get, if I just hum a little in my head, I, I didn't even know many, I didn't know any Holy Gospel songs. All I knew was Amazing Grace. And I didn't know all the songs, so I would sing Amazing Grace, how sweet it would just come in my mind and the Holy Spirit say, just whisper that song, that's all he knows. He only got one song. He doesn't know two songs. He doesn't know three songs. But if I just push him a little bit, He don't need much, just a little shove, And his eyes will come open. Come on, church. His eyes will come open. Father, we leave this place today thanking you. We leave here today blessed and healed. Strengthening, full of grace. In the name of Jesus. I'm supposed to do something else, but I'm going to do what I want to do. Come on. Give me give me a, give me a microphone. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you a miracle. Come on, my brother. I see you. Yeah, you. Come on up. Y'all, can you sing? Make your way. You doing, you making your way. You making your way. Tell him your name. Freddie Hall. Your name is Freddie Hall. This is a miracle. <laughs> Father, I thank you for this living testimony right here, Freddie Hall. Freddie Hall. Is going to see God's grace in his life. Thank you for your healing touch on him. And thank you for doing something for him that seemed impossible. And I believe that the rest of his life will see miraculous things happen that he never dreamed. It may not come the way he planned it, but it's going to be an amazing miracle. And we give you the praise for it in Jesus' name. Get ready big man. Freddie was one of, is, one of, is still one of our security officers, and God bless him to recover from a serious challenge he faced. But I'm glad to see Freddie back up in here again. Give him a big hand. Thanks, Freddie. Come on. Come on, give him a big hand. You make it, Freddie. You're the man, buddy. Praise God. I got to go. I'm over by a few minutes, but it's all good, about eight minutes, but it's all good. I want to say this to you. If you're here today and you're watching online in person, I want to say this to you. Thank you for being with Brother Clifford. And Dorita, thank you. It's good to see you out here. All of you that are online and all of you that are in this building, thank you for being with us. Mr. Mosby, I see you as well. I'm praying that God would heal you. If you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, I want to pray a prayer for you. Father, let this be the moment that they would say, I've heard a word today. I didn't come here planning to be healed. I didn't come here planning to receive Christ, but today I I opened my heart to receive him. I I want Jesus to be the Lord of my life from this moment forward. I ask him to come into my life. And Father, I give you all the praise and I give you all the glory for those who are going to pray that prayer at home and those who are going to pray that prayer here. And I pray that this would be a powerful moment of healing and blessing for them. And may they allow Jesus to be the Lord of their life from this day forward. And if there's anybody sick, may they be healed. May they be blessed as we leave in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen.